Hey, good morning. Welcome to Real Life. Woohoo! Hey, thanks for uh, break. Am I on? No. Yes. Hello. Okay. Hey, thanks for um, braving Corona 2020 coming out this morning. Uh, glad to have you. A couple things. If you have kids uh, that are going to be going into our Life Kids program a little later in the service. Um, that we're going to have them enter those rooms through the lobby, okay? So if you just direct your kids back out the main doors and around the corner, and uh, Amber will be there to welcome them in. That's number one. Uh, number two, when we get to communion time, we've got some stations set up around the back just like normal, but we're going to have some folks <laughs> handing out communion to you. Uh, so we have individually wrapped uh, little communion deals, and so we'll get you uh, that way. Those folks will be wearing gloves and things, so uh, hopefully we'll cut down on everything there. Uh, what else do I Oh, if you are joining us online, and I hope that's working. I don't know where she went. We had some little technical difficulty this morning. So if you're joining us online, welcome. Uh, go into live.reallifecc.us. Go into the chat window, give yourself a name, and then uh, chat hashtag reallifedad. 2020. Okay, Real Life Dad 2020. And you'll be entered uh, uh, virtually, just like all these dads in here are entered uh, physically into a drawing. We're going to give one Lowe's gift card, $150 Lowe's gift card away to you here in person. And we're going to give one gift card away to those of you watching online. So two cards. Uh, so make sure you get on there, Real Life Dad 2020. And look, dad's in here. Okay, you cheaters, we're going to be watching to see who goes online while you're here and tries to get in twice. None of that shenanigans, okay? Uh, so I think that's uh, about it, hopefully. Uh, oh, by the way, we came back uh, to church. We haven't used the front of house projector in um, 13 weeks, and it's not working. So it comes on for about five minutes, and then it shuts off. But Alicia over here is going to turn it back on every time it shuts off. So just... Bear with us, and <laughs> after a few minutes, it'll come back on. And once we get to the message, we'll be using a new teaching screen, and so that'll be a new experience for all of us, and, uh, well, except for me, but for you, and uh, so we'll have everything on there, so don't worry about it once we get to that point, okay? Let's uh, pray real quick and ask God's blessing on our time together, and then we'll get to the music, which is why you really came, okay? God, thank you for this day and for blessing us and giving us all good things. And thank you, God, for bringing us back together in person again. It is good to be back in this place with these people, our family. Uh, and, uh, man, just awesome to be here. And thanks, God, for loving us and seeing us through and bringing us back together now after uh, all of the 14 weeks today uh, since we met last time in person. And so, uh, God, would you just be present with us today? Would your spirit speak to us and then speak exactly what each of us needs to hear uh, today through the music, through the message, through the other uh, things that are going to be taking place? Thank you, God, for bringing us back uh, together. Thank you for your faithfulness in that. In Jesus' name, amen. my soul and his blood has covered my sin I believe I believe my shame is taken away 
you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow. All your ways are good. All your ways are sure. I will trust in you alone. Higher than my sight. High above my life. like so bazillion times different when there's actual people in here and it's like a bazillion times better <laughs> yeah yeah I'm very thankful that we can be back <laughs> yeah Pigeon, I'm such a crier and now I can't talk okay <laughs> um something that popped into my head while we were singing that song was um it says where you go I'll go where you stay I'll stay and um, it reminded me like we couldn't be here for so long and we had to stay home and and God can still use us whether we're staying at home or whether we're 
in church together. And even through the live stream, he's bringing us together and God's work can still happen and he is still victorious no matter if we're in the building or if we're at our house and wherever we're at, he can use us. Um, so let's just, let's just keep that in mind during all of this stuff. <laughs> yes, he is.
Hey, if the screen worked, your kids would be excused to go to kids' church. So send them on through uh, the doors over there. As we think and focus about the sacrifice Jesus Christ gave on the cross for our sins. As we think and focus about the sacrifice Jesus Christ gave on the cross for our sins, we should stop and ask ourselves, what can we sacrifice? What can we give up to make 2020 a better year? It's going to take individual sacrifices to make 2020 a better year. If we can sacrifice a little bit of ourselves and improve the little space that we occupy in this world, we can be a, we can be a light into this world. For me, I need to put my phone down. I need to give up the want to get into arguments on Facebook and Twitter, arguments that have no bearing on any outcome in this world. I need to sacrifice the want to be right instead of righteous. Stole that line from Corey. I need to sacrifice the want to constantly one-up my wife and argue about who does more dishes or chores around the house. My wife's one of the hardest working women, one of the hardest working humans I have ever known. She puts more on her plate than I ever could. And I pray I sacrifice for my kids as my wife has sacrificed for me and my three beautiful girls. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for my Sarah, my Brooke, my Mila, my Katie, the loves of my life. Thank you for loving me even though I don't deserve it. I pray we surrender. I pray we love our enemies. Thank you for the sacrifice, Jesus Christ, Give on the cross for our sins. In Jesus' name, amen.
All right, got to get the, oh. Okay, we're going we're gonna to get this worked out or not. I don't know. Nope, nope, hello. Okay, nobody can hear me. I need a mic. How you doing? All right. All right, is it? Okay, nothing's on. Hello? Okay, I know you can hear me, but they can't hear me. So, Dave, this is Andrew. Okay, there we go. Was that my mic or this? I don't know which one. Is that on now? Am I on now? This is going to stink. Okay. So, so, okay, I'm good. Okay, you can hear me? All right. That's nice. Uh, okay, so we are going to sing one more song at the end of the service, and if you would like to be able to see the words, just get your phone out and log on to the online uh, thing, because the words are there, because we, we like you more. Uh, people, no, that's not true. Okay, so uh, anyway, it is good to be back. I guess we should have uh, planned, I mean, we did plan uh, for some things to be different this morning. Uh, we should have planned for things not to work quite right after 14 weeks of not being used. So uh, anyway, we're here, and it's good to be back with you. I want to show you uh, what it looked like for me. This is what it looked like for me over the last, uh, okay, you're going to turn that down a little bit. Uh, over the last 14, 13 weeks, this is what it looked like for me. I had, um, I had to start the live stream for Facebook and then we watched the service up on the big screen, and then I helped to monitor the host uh, on Facebook and, and live. So um, let me tell you that I am really glad to be back, because <laughs> uh, that was kind of a pain uh, to get all that going for two services. Um, but anyway, we're back now, and I don't have to do that maybe ever again. And so that would be super nice. <laughs> So we have come to a time in the service where we take a moment to uh, consider God's faithfulness to us and how we can help support the mission and ministry of this church. Um, you know, at the end of March, when the order started coming down that, uh, you know, mass gatherings were going to be shut down and uh, economy was going to be shut down, we, like most of you, didn't really have a clue what to expect. Like, we didn't know... Uh, how much of the economy was going was gonna to be closed. We didn't know how many people were going to lose their jobs. And quite frankly, where the church was concerned, like we didn't know whether finances were going to come in to, to keep doing things that, uh, that we do and to keep the ministry going. And so um, it was a little bit of a sketchy time for us as a, as a church leadership, like it was for you in your own homes and with your own families. But early on, the leadership team of the church decided that instead of kind of pulling back and heading into this time in fear that we wouldn't make it through, we were just going to trust God and we were going to keep doing what we were doing and we were going to do our best to improve what we were doing so that um, what we were presenting online was as good as we could get it and even make some improvements for when we come back to in-person church. And so that was a bit of a gamble, and, and we decided we've got some money in savings. If we have to pull that out uh, to get through the next who knows how many weeks or months, we're going to do that, and we're just going to trust that God's going to provide. Well, I am glad to say that we did not have to do that um, at all. 
You have given more to real life in the first six months of this year than the first six months of any year in our history, even after being in quarantine for 13 weeks. So we are so, so thankful for all that you've done. In fact, Paul wrote about people like you in 2 Corinthians 8. Here's what he said. In the midst of very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They exceeded expectations and gave themselves first to the Lord. You know, when I think back about this quarantine um, and, and what it was like, what I'm going to remember is not that we weren't able to meet and, and not the um, struggle of Sunday mornings and Saturday rehearsals and recording and editing and all of that stuff. I'm going to remember your faithfulness. I'm going to remember that even when you weren't here in person and even when, uh, you know, out of sight, out of mind thing was going on, you continued to give. And you gave well. That's what I'm going to remember. So I just want to say thank you this morning. Now, because we're still cautious, we're not going to pass buckets today uh, here in person. But we've placed a, um, it was going to be a bucket, but we ran out of buckets for communion. So there's a box uh, in the back, uh, at the back table by the doors. And so if you'd like to give the cash or check, you can certainly um, use that box and, uh, oh, Ray's swapping it out for a bucket. Good job, Ray. <laughs> uh, there's giving envelopes back there as well. But like 80% of you already do this. So if you want to join that crowd on your mobile device, you can go to reallifecc.us. You can click the orange icon on the bottom right-hand corner that says give. Uh, and you can work through the giving flow that way. It's pretty simple and you're done. If you've done that before, just make sure you're signed in. At the top right-hand corner, there's a little button that says sign in. That will help you and it will help us. And if you haven't done that before, uh, you can do that and create an account. That would help us too for end of the year giving statements. Um, and so if you are joining us online, that's all of you folks. In the chat window at live.reallifecc.us, just click the blue give button and you'll be linked up to this as well. And we'll be able to give to support the mission and ministry of this church. Okay, let's pray. God, thank you for all that you have done and all that you have given. Thank you for seeing us through the last 14 weeks and being faithful to us. And thank you for these people who've been faithful to you. God, we just pray that we would continue now that we're back in person. Um, number one, we pray that we will never experience what we experienced over the last 14 months again, 14 weeks again. Feels like 14 months. And God, that you would um, continue to watch uh, over us and to bless us and to continue to help uh, the mission and ministry of this place as uh, we continue to help every person possible find real life in your son, Jesus. So God, we just pray that that would happen and that you would be honored through our gifts today. We ask that in Jesus' name, amen. So I wanna close real quick by saying this. Thank you for continuing to give so that we can continue to help every person possible find real life in Jesus and look more like him every day, both in person and online as we do that. Uh, we love you and we're glad to have you back with us this morning. Just pretend like there's a bumper video playing on the, uh, am I on now? Testing, 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 testing. 
one, two, three, four, five. We got about uh, 10 seconds left to fix this microphone. Testing. The people online are enjoying this uh, bumper video. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, okay, you're good there. In-house, testing, testing. Nope. All right. Wait, are you good with this microphone on there? Oh, so they can hear me. You can hear me, but they can't hear me, so that's a problem. Okay, anyway, this is going to be a lot of fun. Have I told you before um, two things that I hate? <laughs> you know, and maybe a preacher is not supposed to hate things. Two things that I hate. Pants <laughs> is one. <laughs> the other one is holding a microphone while I preach. <gasps> Dave. Hallelujah. <laughs> Okay, there's a little bit of high pitch there, but we're going to let Dave work that out, and uh, good job, man. Okay, so, uh, good, <laughs> that makes me feel so much better, because, like, this is kind of a new thing, right? Um, so, I, I don't, okay, maybe I should leave that there. I'm a little cramped. I just don't know what to do here. Okay. All right, so before we get to today's message, I want to let you know um, that I swapped uh next Sunday's message for this Sunday and this Sunday for next Sunday. And so it's a little bit out of order as we've been working through the book of, of Acts. So we're actually going to be in the last chapter of Acts today, which we were supposed to be next week, but didn't work out that way. Let me tell you why. Next Sunday, I've got a very special message that I want to uh, deliver. My friend Antoine Mays is going to be here uh, and help me out with that. And so if you grew up in El Dorado in the mid to late 90s, you probably know Antoine uh, and uh, he attends Hope Covenant and he is going to be here next Sunday to help me share a message that I titled Restart and I titled that message about two or three months ago when I was working on this series and we were getting ready to go into the quarantine and all that kind of stuff and so um, I planned this message uh, Antoine wasn't able to be here today with me so we swapped that out and, and are going to do it uh, next Sunday but here's the deal um, that message is, uh, is about restarting when we mess up, when we've um, blown it and we've got things wrong. And if there's any a point, there's been any point, at least in our generation, where as a country we feel like we've blown it and kind of maybe need to restart, I kind of feel like maybe this is a good time to uh, talk about that. And so um, most of the relational tension today, especially coming out of the last 13 or 14 weeks, is around the color of our skin. So next Sunday, Antoine's going to be here, and he's going to help me deliver a, a message about God's heart for his children and how we can uh, restart when we've messed up. See, God, I think, wants to lead us to greater relationships, both with him and with each other. But for that to happen, we've got to see others like he does and so we've, um, but it's not enough for us to just to look like Jesus. We've also got to look at others like Jesus does. And so to uh, be sure to be back here next Sunday at 10 a.m., both either in person or online, uh, and we're going to talk about the challenges facing our country in real and relevant and relational ways. Uh, so I hope you'll join me um, for that next week. 
So um, I know it's, it's almost July, and so there's this thing called Christmas in July, and so we're just going to kind of pretend like we're already July. How many of you remember the movie A Christmas Story with Ralphie? Better remember that, everybody? Like, TBS plays it 24 hours. Uh, Andrea hates it. I love it. Um, anyway, you remember the scene where Ralphie finally gets to help his dad change the flat tire on the old 37 Chevy? You remember that? And he goes outside, and it's snowing, and it's dark, and he's helping his dad, and the lug nuts get knocked out of his hand, and, and Charlie says, oh, you know the rest. Well, um, they get home, right? And uh, Ralphie's mom is a little upset when she finds out what he said. And so she sticks that bar of red Life Boy soap in his mouth, and he has to suck on that for a while. But listen, do you remember what happens when Ralphie's mom comes into the bathroom and she says, are you ready to tell me where you learned such terrible language? And, and through Ralphie's internal monologue, he says something like, now, I had heard that word at least 10 times a day from my old man. My father worked in profanity the way other artists might work in oils or clay. It was his true medium, a master. But I chickened out, and I blurted out the first name that came to mind. Schwartz! <laughs> okay, so hopefully you got enough of that. And you remember it probably. Uh, anyway, Ralphie swearing when something went wrong was a learned behavior, right? He says, I learned that from my dad. I've heard my dad say it over and over and over again, which is why I say, as your pastor, if you don't want your kids to do it, you better not be doing it. Okay, anyway, it's not what we're talking about today. Learn behavior. And this learned behavior is much the way of what happened when the disciples were learning to look like Jesus. They spent time with him, right? And so here's the process where that works, uh, either with, with Jesus and his disciples, with us and our children or others. Uh, if you're a manager or you're an uh, owner of a business and you're trying to help people learn what to do, here's the progression. The disciples watched Jesus, right? They watched him, and then he watched them do what he had done. And then other people watch them. So Jesus does it first. The disciples watch him. Then the disciples do it, and Jesus watches them. And then other people do it, and the disciples watch them. And so it's a second generation, right? It just goes on and on and on. And that's how the gospel of Jesus was started. Jesus shared it with his disciples, and then his disciples shared it with other people. And on and on and on it went until you and I are sitting here today because that chain has been unbroken through the generations. And more and more people just tell more and more people, and that's how we've gotten the gospel today. But the question I want to start out with is, what is the gospel? What is the gospel? So I'm going to give you some options, and uh, if you're online or here in person, I want you to clap if you think the uh, option I put up on the screen is the one that's correct. Okay, so I'll make sure maybe you can all, all see it. So we're going to go through these, and you clap when I get to the one that you think is the gospel. Okay? Don't be afraid, just go ahead and, and do it. So what is the gospel? Number one, maybe it's the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Anybody believe that? Okay, okay, good. Number two option, it's the good news about Jesus. Is that the gospel? All right, a few more, more people. How about number three? If you haven't clapped already, you gotta clap for this one. The foundation of our faith in Jesus. And that's what it is? Okay, now, these are all things that um, contain the gospel, and that's good, but what is the gospel? 
Like if I asked you what the gospel was, would you be able to, to tell me? Or would you be able to share that with somebody else? Uh, because if we don't know what the gospel is, we're going to have a hard time defining it for others, right? We talk about the gospel in church, and maybe if you've been a Christian your whole life or for a long time, you've talked about the gospel, you know it's important, but what is it? Have you ever been able to define it outside of one of these three options? Now, um, most Christians know about the gospel. We just have a hard time knowing what is the gospel, but we do know that it's important, right? Let me share a few scriptures with you. The first one, they're all in Mark, Mark 8, 35. Jesus says, whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. So the gospel saves our life. It must be important, right? And then the next one in, in Mark 10, 29, who, whoever has left home, like family or farms for the gospel, like that's a good thing. Sometimes people have to do that for Jesus. They leave the things they love. Jesus says, you leave those for me and for the gospel. And the next one is, comes in Mark 13, 10, that the gospel must first be preached to all nations. Jesus says, before I come back, the gospel has to be preached to, to, to all the nations. We go back to, what, well, what is the gospel? Does that mean that just Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John have to be preached? Or, or does that mean Jesus? And, and what about Jesus in particular? What's special about Jesus? Do we just like start from the beginning and go all of Jesus? Like, what is it? Okay, the last one comes in Mark 16. This is Mark's, uh, uh, Mark's view of the Great Commission, where Jesus says that we're to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Now, that's super hard to do if we don't know what the gospel is. What's the gospel? We know about the gospel. We know it's contained in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We know it's important because we're supposed to give our life to it. But what is it? Well, let me give you a simple, I think it's simple anyway, yet, yet deep. I think there's a lot of depth to it, definition for the gospel, something I've been working on, and I'm going to put it up here so you can see it. So the gospel is the kingdom of God's only son, Jesus, who defeated sin when he died on the cross and death when he rose to life after the third day in order to restore our relationship with God and make us his children. Pretty good so far, right? I mean, that's all good stuff. God saves those who believe this gospel, who repent of their sin, and who daily choose to follow in Jesus' footsteps of obedience. Our ability to believe and obey the gospel comes through the power of Holy Spirit who helps us look more like Jesus every day. That comes right out of our mission statement. And one day, King Jesus will return to unite heaven and earth under his rule and reign and usher in eternal life with his followers. You want to know what the gospel is? That's the gospel. It's Jesus and it's us. Jesus lived and he died and he rose again. And now he's seated with, with God in, in heaven, right? And one day he's going to come back and he's going to rule and he's going to reign. And if we want to be with him, we've got to believe and repent and we got to choose daily to follow him. Now, if you're joining us online, this um, working definition, you'll find that if you click on the notes tab at the top of the chat window. And for those of you joining us here, if you get your phones out, you go to reallifecc.us and click on my message notes tab, you can find that working definition in the message notes uh, online. Now, look, this gospel, this gospel is contained in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You can find all of this information in those four gospel books. We call them the synoptics sometimes, or the gospels. 
And this gospel is incredibly good news, that Jesus didn't die on the cross, but he rose again in three days, and we can be his children. We can be restored to him through that act of sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. And this gospel about Jesus and about us, it's the foundation of our faith, that Jesus lived and died and rose again, and if we believe and repent and follow, follow King Jesus, we can experience restored relationship with God ourselves. Now, in the book of Acts, we're introduced to a man named Saul. Now, Saul is a Pharisee. He's a religious leader of religious leaders, right? He's set to be one of the top religious leaders in all of Jerusalem. He's going to work in the temple. He's going to have a cushy job. People are going to look up to him. They're going to honor him, and he's going to be close to God. That's Paul's uh, career track, okay? He does not like Christians, the followers of Jesus that we talk about, he does not like them. In fact, he goes out and searches for them. He hunts them down and then puts them in prison, puts them in jail, and eventually many of them are killed. But also in the book of Acts, we read what happens when, when Saul meets Jesus, when he receives Jesus and responds to Jesus in baptism. And then we stop calling him Saul, right? We begin to call him Paul. We see how Paul in the book of Acts resists Satan's attempts to silence him. What happens when Paul is released by the church in Jerusalem to preach Jesus to the rest of the world? And then here in chapter 28, where we're going to look today, Paul finally reaches the de destination that he's been longing for from the beginning of his ministry. He finally gets to Rome. And though he's under house arrest with a 24-7 guard, that doesn't stop him. And Paul immediately calls the Jews together to share the gospel with them. So we've got a handle on the gospel, right? We've got a handle on the gospel. And um, let's look now at what Paul did with that gospel in Acts 28. So here's the text. The religious leaders, the Jewish people, they arranged to meet Paul on a certain day, and they came in even large numbers to the place where he was staying. He witnessed to them from morning till evening, explaining about the kingdom of God, and from the law of Moses and from the prophets, he tried to persuade them about Jesus. Some were convinced by what he said, but others would not believe, and they disagreed among themselves and began to leave after Paul had made this final statement. The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to, to uh, spoke the truth to your ancestors when he said through Isaiah the prophet, "Go to this people and say, you will be ever hearing but never understanding." You'll be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become callous. They hardly hear with their ears. They've closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts. Therefore, I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will listen. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house. He welcomed all who came to see him, and he proclaimed the kingdom of God, and he taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness, and without hindrance. Now, this is our fifth stop in our journey through the book of Acts. So let me get you caught up with the progression of faith that we see in the book. In week one, we talked about how a person receives the message by hearing. So we talked in Acts chapter two about Peter preaching the first gospel message and people responding to that. They heard it and then they responded to that. They respond to that through next steps, right? Believe, repent, confess, be baptized. We talk about those things. Click twice. There we go. Baptism, one more. Boom. 
Week three, we talked about how uh, you resist Satan because at some point in your faith journey, Satan's going to try to stop you, right? You read about the parable of the seed and the sower and the seed that falls on different types of soil. And so Satan is going to attempt to steal the gospel, that good news about Jesus and about us and that restored relationship. He's going to try and steal that gospel from you, but you have to resist that. To resist Satan's temptation. In week four, we talked about how we're released to share the gospel with others and how we become witnesses of Jesus to other people. We fulfill that great commission, right? To go and to share the gospel with all those people. We're released to do that. And now today, we're going to talk about how we remain faithful to the gospel's call our entire lives. And so I told you that we're putting the cart before the horse a little bit today so we can spend some time next Sunday with Antoine. But in this released place where we're free to go about our daily lives at work, at school, and and whatever else, when we live in that released place, we're sharing the gospel. And we've got to remain consistent in that. See, our faith isn't a one and done experience, but it's a lifetime commitment to the gospel's call to follow Jesus in obedience through the power of Holy Spirit. And this is where we're going to camp today because you can't live the gospel without the go. Hit that again because it's cool. (gasps) One more time. Julie, one more time. Maybe it's not going to. Go, click on, okay, next. Okay, well, anyway, if it was working, if it was working, uh, the go right here would turn green. So that would be really exciting because I think that's on the next slide. Ah! Yay. Okay, just pretend that all worked out really like I planned it to. Okay, so you can't live the gospel without, without the go, right? You gotta go. That was clever, wasn't it? Took me all week to come up with that. You can't live the gospel without, without go. Um, and it doesn't mean that you have to leave the country. I'm not talking about, well, if you're going to live out the gospel, you've got, to, you've got to leave the U.S. You've got to go someplace else. We're not talking about that. This is about the call on our life, the gospel call on our life. And, and what it means is just this next slide hopefully will, will work like we want it to. Uh, it means that wherever you can connect, there you're called. Like that's pretty simple, right? Wherever you can connect with somebody else, there you're called. And then think about how that maybe plays out in your, uh, in your own life. Where can you connect with people? Maybe you connect with people at work most. You spend a lot of time there. You're talking with them. You're sharing with them. Maybe you connect with people uh, at school. Maybe you connect with the people in your neighborhood, neighbors, people who live down the street from you. Just your friends. Maybe you connect with with them. Maybe you're one of those people, and I really have tried this, but um, I just, I haven't been able to get it, like, get it really good yet. Maybe you're one of those people who, like, when you go to Quick Trip to get gas, you don't just pay for it at the pump, you go in, and you're pretty consistent, like, every morning before that, you go in, um, and you meet the same people every day, and you talk to the same people every day, you connect with the same people behind the counter every day, and pretty soon they know your name, and you know their name, and maybe you've got places like that that you go. Wherever you can connect, it's there that God is calling you. If you go back and read through the beginning of Acts 28, you'll see that Paul connected with the people on the island of Malta after the shipwreck. There he healed the chief official's uh, father. He healed him of dysentery, and then lots of people came. 
And, and because Paul was connecting with them by healing them, he was telling them about the gospel. And when Paul and Luke finally arrive in Italy, he wasted no time in getting the local Jewish population together in order to share the gospel. We've read about that in Acts 28. Everywhere that Paul was, he was sharing the gospel, regardless of his circumstances. And he, would able, he was able to do this because of, of the gospel, right? The gospel gave Paul security to preach in each and every situation. And so that, that gospel that we looked at a few minutes ago, uh, that stuff about Jesus and about us and about him coming back, that gave Paul security. And so he knew that even if he died, he was going to go be with Jesus. Because King Jesus, right, he rules. And so he was going to go be with him. So he said, whether I live or die, it doesn't really matter. If I die, I get to go be with Jesus. But if I live, if I continue to live in the flesh, I get to share Jesus with you. And so the gospel was his security and it was also the starting place for faith. And so he was able to share the gospel over and over again to help other people find real life in Jesus just like him. And then as he was persecuted and people came and said, look, you, you can't do that. You can't talk about Jesus anymore. He said, you want to make a bet? Because he knew where he was going, right? That same gospel gave him security. And so he was compelled to preach because it was the starting place for his faith. And it also gave him the security he needed to continue because he knew where he was going. So we see that the gospel is where faith starts. And it also then becomes our security regardless of our circumstances. So Paul is under Roman guard and he's not free. Although he does have some freedoms. Even while he um, does that, there is this uh, Roman officer with him. So he's under arrest. He has a full-time 24-7 guard with him, even though he's in his own rented house. And while he's there, he welcomes everybody who would come to him. It's also in that, um, under that Roman guard in Rome, which kind of makes sense because he's Roman, right? Okay, anyway. So he's in Rome. He has a guard. I'll just call him a guard, not a Roman guard. There are Romans in Jerusalem, and then that would make more sense, right? That is a Roman guard in Jerusalem, but here it's just a guard. All right. Anyway, just keep track, people. This is the first time back. Okay. So here's what happened. Paul is under arrest in his house. He's got a guard with him all the time. He can't leave his house. He can't do anything without this guard. While he's there, he writes um, some letters. He writes some letters to a couple of churches. Let me see. I get them right. He writes letters to the churches in Ephesus, Philippi, and Colossae. Um, you can find those in the New Testament, uh, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. Uh, and then he writes to one of his supporters, a guy by the name of Philemon. And it would be... Uh, in Rome, not under guard anymore, because he was only uh, under that guard for about two years, but it was in Rome after this, as he continued to preach, that he was most likely martyred for the gospel. Because of that gospel we talked about a minute ago, Paul continued to preach Jesus, he continued to share that gospel, and then most likely was executed under Emperor Nero about 30-some years after Jesus' resurrection. Paul was beheaded along with a whole bunch of other Christians in Rome. Now, Paul used the circumstances of his house arrest to do two things. Number one, he used it to proclaim the gospel. Acts 28, 31, he proclaimed the kingdom of God and he taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with boldness and without hindrance. Number two, he explained the gospel in 28, 23. He witnessed to them from morning till evening, explaining 
about the kingdom of God. And the reason we started out with a gospel this morning is because it's difficult to explain and proclaim if you don't know what the gospel is. If you don't know what it is that we need to get across, it's hard to proclaim and explain that. Now, we call this um, thing, proclaiming and explaining, we call this missional living. And it just means that you see your life, your daily interactions, the people that God brings into your life as your mission field. Jonathan Dodson, in an article called Eight Ways to Easily Be Missional, said this at the end. Don't make the mistake of making missional another thing to add to your schedule. Instead, make your existing schedule missional. So he's saying this, wherever you can connect, there you're called. Wherever you've got somebody who'll listen to you, that's who you're called to share it with. So the missional life just means that we follow Paul's example wherever we can connect with others, there we're called. So let's look at how to remain on mission with Jesus, just like the apostles and others in the book of Acts. Number one uh, way that we remain on mission with Jesus is that we live the gospel. That thing we talked about earlier, we just live that, right? Here at Real Life, we say it um, like this, look more like Jesus every day. And that means that like Jesus and the early believers in the book of Acts, we're to be examples of what it looks like to live under the rule and the reign of God. We're to make the gospel visible through our daily lives. That's our thoughts and our speech and our, our actions and our attitudes. And so we must let the gospel inform us, motivate us, and then change us if we ever hope that God will change others through us. And that's really important because the way that we live the gospel is we let the gospel inform us. Not CNN or MSNBC or Fox News. Not even that woke dude on YouTube. Yeah. Right? Okay, so we let the gospel inform us. And let me just say that even in Christian culture today, we let a lot of other things inform us instead of the gospel. We got to make sure that we're getting our information from the gospel. And what's the number one and number two things that we're supposed to do? Love God and love others, right? So the gospel needs to inform us. We need to live out the gospel. Number two, we need to connect with others for the sake of, of the gospel. That means we got to be intentional about connecting with people. Maybe that's our neighbors. Maybe that's our coworkers. Maybe that's some other people down the road from us. I think it's safe to say that the last three months of social distancing was a failed experiment. What we learned over the last three months is that we need people. Even if you're like my wife and you kind of like being a hermit. It's fun to get out sometimes, right? We need to interact with other people. That's what kind of gives us life. And even those people who are, you know, people are going to say, well, look, I'm an I'm a introvert. I don't really need anybody. I just be by myself. Leave me alone. That's true for a while, but not forever. We've got to have that regular interaction with other people um, because that's the way God made us. We need to interact with others. We need to connect with other people. Um, and so what we, need, what we learn is we, we need people around us. God designed us that way. And, and look, here's why. If no one ever sees you, how can they see Jesus in you? 
Now, that's good if you're here in person, like you're visible. Your neighbors see you getting up every day and going to uh, Sunday and going to church or, or whatever. If no one ever sees you, they can't see Jesus in you. But maybe you're online and you're going, well, look, I just stay online and I play my games and I do my thing and all I do is online and I never see anybody. Well, what do people see about you through your online presence? What things are you posting? What things are you reposting? Do we ever, do we think about those? <laughs> I mean, sometimes we just go, ooh, yeah, and we hit like and share and whatever. and that, I mean, boom, and it's out there. And then other people look at that. And then are they seeing Jesus? We've got to build relationships with others. We've got to be intentional about connecting with others for the sake of the gospel. Okay, number three. We've got to share the gospel with those that God brings to you. Like it's not enough to connect, connect with others for the sake of the gospel. I mean, that's good if you're connecting with people. But if you never get to the point where you share the gospel with, with those, then you're connecting without a purpose. So we need to connect these two things. We need to connect with others for the sake of the gospel. And we need to share the gospel with those that God brings to us. In every part of the book of Acts, followers of Jesus engaged in meaningful conversation with others. Philip did that uh, with the official from Ethiopia in Acts 8. We looked at that last week. Satan used persecution in Acts 4 and 5 to keep the church quiet. But those who were scattered from the church, what did they do? They engaged in conversation and conversion wherever it is that they went. And we saw the church grow like wildfire in Acts 2. That was like the first or second week of the series because of the relationships that the believers had with each other and then with those outside of the church, those around them. So missional living means engaging where you are, wherever you are. So connect and then share. We gotta live it personally. We gotta connect with others intentionally. We gotta share it uh, with others as well. And number four, this is the last one, be on mission for the sake of the gospel. We've got to be thinking about what it means just to be missional, to be on mission. No matter what Paul's circumstances, whether he was shipwrecked in a nor'easter or whether he was under house arrest in Rome, he was always an ambassador for Jesus first. Wherever he was, if God opened the door for him, he shared the gospel. And now we know what it is. The kingdom of God's only son, Jesus, who defeated sin when he died on the cross and death when he rose to life on the third day in order to restore relationship with God and make us his children. God saves those who believe the gospel, who repent of their sin, and who daily choose to follow in Jesus' footsteps of obedience. Our ability to believe and obey the gospel comes through the power of Holy Spirit who helps us look more like Jesus every day. And one day, King Jesus will return to unite heaven and earth under his rule and reign and usher in eternal life with us, his followers. So here's what we do as disciples of Jesus. We look more like Jesus every day. That's our call. That's what we do. And we talk about that a lot here at, at Real Life, but that's what it means. To be on mission with Jesus, to be missional, to connect with those people that we're called to connect with. Jesus obeyed God, and he paid attention to how God was working around him. And we can do the same. Yeah, I know that it's hard, that we'll fail and we'll fall and we'll sin, but as God's children, we're incredibly loved. And the Holy Spirit gives us power to get back up and to get busy. Jesus knew who he was. He was the son of God. 
We need to know who we are as God's adopted children, holy and dearly loved by him. Jesus served and sacrificed for his father. Here's a painful experiment you might try. At least it was painful for me a few weeks ago when I did this. Ask yourself this question. When was the last time I did anything or sacrificed anything for the kingdom of God? When was the last time that I got up early for the sake of the gospel? Or I stayed up late to share or to talk? Or to... When was the last time I put myself out so that I might share the gospel with somebody else? When I prayed with somebody or helped a neighbor or even just got up and read my Bible? This is it. This is the job description to look more like Jesus every day. And the way that we do that is by remaining on mission with Jesus. And it's important because if others don't see Jesus, if others don't see Jesus in us, they won't seek Jesus for them. Hopefully you can see that back there. Now the book of Acts isn't really about the acts of the apostles. It's really about the acts of Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit who empowered and worked through the disciples at the birth of the church, much like he still does today. And we can see the same results as the first church if we will remain on mission with Jesus, finding our security in the gospel and using it as a starting place so that every person possible might find real life in Jesus like we have. And so if you're ready to repent and believe and to follow, we'd love to know about it. If you're joining us online, just go into the chat window and click the raise hand, the blue raise hand button, and somebody will be chatting with you. If you're here in person, you can stop back at the Connection Hub after the service. I'll make sure that I'm back there. Uh, or you can go to reallifecc.us, click on the Next Steps link and the I'm Ready link in the nav bar at the top of that website. Whatever we do, remain on mission with Jesus because you can't live the gospel without go. Let's pray. God, thank you for this day, for loving us and for being with us. And thank you. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to be back here in person once again. And we thank you for those who are joining us online as well. God, would you work in us and through us so that others would see you in us and that they'd, they'd have the same experience we have, that they'd be called through your spirit to give their lives to you, to join us in mission to connect with those we're called to see. And, and so, God, would you just continue to be with us? We thank you for this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't look at me. I can hear the show. Oh, hey. There we are. Let's stand up and sing again. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow. All your ways are good. All your ways are sure. I will try. My life, I will trust you. 
coronavirus and our tech team and our video people, all those folks who made sure we could still have church. Okay, uh, listen, here's what we're going to do. Uh, if you're joining us online and you did hashtag real life dad 2020, we're going to compile those. We're going to randomly select them and we're going to email you, uh, be in contact with you, get your email, uh, and then we'll email you a gift card to um, Lowe's. But for now, how about you, Tristan? Go ahead. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, all of you dads who got a breakfast burrito this morning. 503 969. 969. 503 969. Who got that? Hey! All right. Uh, it's, it's right over there next to Julie. Congratulations. All right. Good. Okay. Hey. Thank you for joining us online. Thank you for joining us here. We'll be back next Sunday, 10 a.m. We're going to have Antoine here. We're going to rack up this, wrap up this Unstoppable series. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week. See you next time.